0: Welcome to Truck Your Podcast, my name is Sebastian. This podcast is all about trucking. We love diesel engines, semi-trucks, being on the road, and freedom. So let's go. Welcome to Truck Your Podcast, my name is Sebastian. Today is my special guest. Uh, I have Kaleo Taft. Uh, how are you doing, brother? Good. Well, good? You're Good. <laughs> So I wanted to have you on the podcast because I wanted to have a little one on one and dig in a little maybe into what you're doing, what your industry is, what niche you're in and all the good stuff. So, you know, I would like to have you just, you know, tell me a little bit about first, uh, you know, what do you do at the company and what your company is?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, name of the company, Weller Trucking, Um, you know, I I, I partnered or or I'm partners with Ray Weller. Uh, You know, I I met Ray in 2015 um, as I moved to Dallas from Hawaii, as my surf picture in the back might allude to. Uh, I moved to Dallas of all places and I was building a chemical company and I was shipping stuff all over the country. And I was like, man, freight's expensive. I've got to figure out a way to like, Lower my freight costs. You know, what do I do? And and yeah, through a mutual friend, I met Ray, um, who's who lives who lived in Ohio at the time. Still lives there now. It's where the business is based. Um, and we started scheming how you know we could help each other. Right, I could use him as a vendor, and and uh, ultimately serve my customers better. And uh, and that's what we did uh, for a couple of years. Um, through a series of events, I got out of being in a, a chemical company. Um, uh, Although along those lines, I should say, like, I got my CDL, I got my class A, I was hot shotting chemicals too. I was driving and Ray's company was helping as well, do other things, we were paying them for it. And then at some point I'm like, man, uh, trucking, there's a a lot of money to be made in freight um, and especially specialized freight. And so that's where we started scheming and uh, working together. And we basically went from a sole proprietorship in 2016 to you know now we have 28 trucks uh primary focus of Wallet trucking is food grade kosher loads uh, so we're kosher certified halal certified but we mostly do food grade ingredients and feed grade ingredients so we're either feeding people or we're feeding animals that ultimately feed people
0: okay uh what did you do you skimmed over very quickly a lot of the stuff I wanted to cover. But what did you do before, if you don't mind me asking? What what? How did you end up in the trucking industry? And what was what were you doing before that? Yeah,
1: sure. So I, I'm one of those, you know, I guess you could call them, serial entrepreneurs. Um, I started a, a specialty, you know, materials company back in 2000. Had a successful exit out of that got into trying to make cancer drugs, um, got out of, um, ended up moving to Dallas and starting, you know, a, a chemical company that was primarily producing consumer type chemicals. So we did a lot of like cleaners and soaps. And, and ultimately when I met Ray, what we started to do, which was, you know, part of Ray's idea as well, I and mean, he's the original architect, was to make asphalt release agents. So we're doing stuff to like get, the asphalt out of dump trucks. Um, and so mm-hmm. that, that's where really a lot, a lot of the business took off and we're delivering, you know, thousands of gallons, that's, you know, from Dallas all the way to Miami or Ohio or Minnesota. So we had a pretty big reach, but what that meant was pretty expensive freight. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, man, we got to figure out a way how to cut these costs. And, and that's where we put our heads together.
0: Okay. And what year was that? How did you, when did you guys uh, started together, working together?
1: Yeah. So we started working together um, in 2015, very sporadically. And then, you know, as, as the business started growing, you know, my chemical business and his trucking business, um, I think things were really in full fledge around 2018. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I got out of the, the chemical business in, in 2019, um, but then focused full time on on the trucking company.
0: Okay. So other than recognizing the opportunity in trucking, was there anything else that as a serial entrepreneur, you probably see opportunity everywhere, right? It's just it's sure it's a, it's a disease we have. Sure. But what what? How is from sitting right now where you're at with currently with the company? What is what is something that you didn't expect going into it?
1: Well, well let me take a step back, actually. Um, you know, when we were making chemicals in Dallas, right, like I would have orders for tanker trucks to come in and deliver chemicals to our, our facility. Right. And I was amazed at just how crappy the level of communication was with the service we were getting. Right. So like we'd order a load of, you know, a soap or something, right. 45,000 pounds. I'm going to put it in our holding tanks or something. And the broker would say one thing as to when the truck would be there, you know, it'd be like, Oh, Friday afternoon, three o'clock. it would be like, Oh, perfect. You know, Friday afternoon at six o'clock, you know, would come and I'd be like, where's the truck broker couldn't give me an answer. You know, you push and, and try and figure it out. They finally, you know, like, reluctantly give you the, the number to the truck driver. You call the truck driver. The guy's like, I'm out of hours. I'll be there Monday. I'm like, oh, my God. So that was really a catalyst. And, and then, you know, and, and being an EO, right, and talk to other guys that were, like, either selling used cars or, you know, they all had freight issues. But what I recognized pretty early on was the fact that you know, trucking companies or freight companies, not all of them, but a lot of them were very poor communicators, right? And there was, and it wasn't the problem whether it was Friday or Monday, the problem was the customer thought it was Friday and then it was Monday, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody can manage their business if they know what the reality is. And I felt like there was a lot of smoke and mirrors in, in trucking, you're just like, just not very responsive to 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 your customers, which is really the opportunity as to how, you know, I said, oh, maybe maybe there's something there. <laughs>
0: that's that's yeah i i can share that with you so how uh, as far as that have you been able to now understand why the smoke smoky mirrors the smoke mirrors were happening or and how that side of the business is now you're on that side of the business have you seen that on your side where you're like oh you, I, now i understand why it happened listen
1: i mean we we've we've been pressured before to give a reason which is maybe not the right reason as to why the freight is not there. Right in our business, it can be tank wash maintenance, driver issues, you know, shipper receiver, etc. Um, you know, but bad news doesn't get better with time. Yeah. And 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 frankly, customers really don't care why or what the reason is. They just want to know what the reality is and they can deal with it.
0: Yeah, that's true. So tell me a little bit about the the tanker business itself. I have no exposure to that side. Tell me, uh, you do you guys uh, own your own assets, your trucks?
1: Yeah, so we're, we're about a, a two thirds one third split. So two thirds of our trucks are are company owned and with company drivers, and then the other third is is owner operators. But all the trailers are are owned by us. Um, the trailers are pretty specialized you know they're they're heat traced or they have heat coils in them they have you know food grade pumps at the back and they're of the right volume to kind of hold the payload that we want to haul
0: okay so how how has the market changed uh, recently as far as assets and buying tankers because um, I, I don't want to talk about trucks but particularly i'm interested in you know the tanker side of sourcing them finding them have you seen any changes uh, due to covid or whatever happened last oh, yeah. couple of years
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. I I would say that the assets in general, a brand new asset that has gone up in value about 50 percent. It's about a two year lead if you're going to buy it new, um, which is problematic when you're in growth mode like we are. Um, So we scour the used market um, and even the used market is is up, I'd say, about 50 percent as well. Um, so, but that's the biggest limiter, to, limiting factor to our growth. I mean, the the, the work is there. Um, you know, our, our customers, you know, uh, like us, but we just can't find the trailers. It's it's not a driver um, power unit issue. It's a trailer issue.
0: Okay, and so so if you don't have issues finding drivers that have that specific uh, experience or owner operators that you don't see none of those. Uh, you would be able to find power if you were if you were expanding
1: um you know we do go out and hire people with with little experience or no experience but one of the things we've learned over the years and, and maybe we'll get into this later is is just to take the time early on to train somebody i don't think it's hard to do what we do necessarily from a, a skill set um but just to throw somebody in it and, and hope they do well is is maybe a problem. I mean, people can put a, a forklift through a pallet of coke, let's say, but if you do the wrong thing in tanker, you either implode the tank, which they're hard to come by, or you spill you know thousands of gallons on the ground.
0: So, what is what is something that drivers should know well? Or tell me, maybe like, what is the skill? Like, what what are drivers required to do? Where where is this the the training, the most important part where you bring somebody on? Like Um, what do they need to know and what do they need to do?
1: Just need to understand, um, the payload that they're carrying, right? The risks and hazards of that payload, uh, and then the order of operations. Um, but more importantly than both of those things is, um, the temperament (laughs) that when something looks maybe not right, just stop, stop, ask, call dispatch, call us, you know, we can, we can figure it out, but you know where we get into trouble is where somebody thinks they might know what they're doing or they kind of know enough and then they maybe turn the wrong knob or pull the wrong lever and then we have a problem.
0: Yeah, so that that's that's what I would be interested in uh, like how's how hard is it to, you know, operate a tanker like that, right? I've I've never done it, but is what is is that is that where you're seeing the the you know, uh, I would say the caution of the driver or because I can, you know, like with I do in a model, right? So that's um, you need to know chassis. You need to understand what to look for. You need to know if something goes wrong, how to problem solve for specific things that are happening with the box, with the chassis. Yeah. Do you, do you see yeah. a si- similarity with, the, with tankers? Because obviously what I'm asking is like you have gauges, right? You monitor that. And that's why, you know, I, again, I don't know what, how it works, but Is that where the bulk of mistakes happen? Or what's like the the mistakes that you often see?
1: Bulk of mistakes happen with haste, right? So again, it comes down to to temperament and a process, right? Like we'll drop, I mean, to make sure that say the tank is empty or to make sure that your hoses are not full with liquid and you spill them out after, you know, you look or to look in the top of the tank and make sure your tank is indeed empty before, you know, unhooking things. Um, A lot of it is just patience, care, and custody, you know, but when we're hiring, we're looking for guys that have mechanical aptitude too, right? I mean, our back office staff, I mean, they're all drivers. They all know the industry. They all know every trailer that we have and, and what the specifics are, right? So when there's questions that are coming in from the field, you know, as long as the driver isn't hasty and impatient, we can pretty much walk them through anything that's maybe above their pay grade. Okay.
0: That that makes sense, and do so. Do the drivers are responsible? Uh, if you could walk me through um, the process, are they responsible to wash the the tankers? How does that work?
1: Sure, um, a lot of tank washes are driven from vendors. Um, so our vendors, you know, whether it's it's a uh, whatever. Uh, Arthur Daniel Midland or some of these, these large agrochemical companies will say like, oh, these are our approved tank wash um, locations and, and we need to go there. And because it's food grade, you go in there um, and they wash your tank, they, they tag it out. Right. So it's, it's basically a sterile environment. And then when you go to the shipper, the shipper will break those seals load, seal it up again and then, and then give your paperwork and off you go.
0: okay. So it doesn't seem that that you know like flatbed operation where you just have to make sure everything is secure, right? It's, it's yes. a lot easier. Yes. Yeah. So tell me yeah. with with looking back a little bit, because you've been doing this for how long now? Since two thousand sixteen, nineteen? How many years? Ago, yeah, ever? let's call it
1: six or seven years. Yeah, you know, of of like full time effort. What is
0: uh What is something that you 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 would do different if you were starting over? What is something that you would you know? do different uh now
1: yeah yeah um i can't remember what it was was but you know um the mistakes that we've made have been expensive um Mm. and costly and were i to do it over again and you know easier said than done it it would have been super helpful to be with a group of peers um, maybe like yourself sebastian to say like how would you guys do this Or, or what are we missing right like We've made some dumb mistakes over the years and, and ones that are super preventable. And, 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 you know, some of that is the vendors you choose even, I mean, a perfect example is like, we work with an insurance company, you know, some people have this adversarial relationship with insurance, you know, ours is actually constructive. I'm like, okay, look at our CSA. What do you see? yeah let me talk to you guys like you know like how do we get better um what training what what training software should we use what what you know what are the best companies that you insure what are their eld systems and so that's when we started doing that we started you know writing the ship if you will and and getting better as a business
0: yeah and and i've done i just want to clarify for everybody listening that we, we're both in EO, you mentioned before, EO is Entrepreneurs' Organization, so that's how we know each other, and it's something that I always you know, I joined EO in 2016 what what year did you join, Cleo?
1: See, I gotta think about that uh,
0: 19. 2019 yeah, so, yep. so because the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is because you know every business is prone to to make a lot of mistakes and as you we've done a, a massive mistakes i'm paying for them uh almost non-stop still and it's just at at you know it's it comes with with two things right putting the, the right people in the right seats all the other aspects of running a business but at the same time all i hear from from our peers or even people that are way ahead of us tell me you know everybody's trying to figure this out and even at a h- h- higher scale you have just more expensive mistakes right and i always like hearing that because at a time it doesn't feel like a like a mistake right but i can tell you from my experience uh, last year i made some decisions that seemed okay and then this year it t- turns out uh, they weren't really good dis- decisions but but you wouldn't be able to predict it you can predict market conditions or <coughs> anything that that it's yeah. thrown at your face as a as a business owner, and uh, you know yeah we be, beat ourselves up for it right but yeah, some, sure. that's that's where the stories are that's where the lessons are to me i i feel like that's why i wanted i wanted to hear from you what what were some of the some of the obstacles and setbacks because well that that only made you a better operator and better business owner right oh, yeah sure sure yeah. so tell me how is as far as um where you're trying to go what you're building give me a little bit of your insight on your vision and what you guys are doing as far as moving forward and what's your plan for the next uh, few few years
1: trying to to get to you know i don't want to be more than 50 trucks again you know we're, we're roughly 30 trucks um uh, you know I, again the limiting factor to that is is trailer acquisitions trailer asset acquisitions um but I really want to be known as, as like the go-to in our region for food grade chemicals or food grade ingredients, right? So like, you know, if you're, I don't know, pick a food grade like Coca-Cola or Surly or Mars or somebody that you, you want to work with guys like us that are, that are preferred. And I, I see that as an opportunity in the industry. I, I don't, it's hard to look at all the carriers that do what we do and then differentiate and say, well, which one is better than the other one? Um, which one provides better customer service. That doesn't come up on a spreadsheet or a, a web search is easy, but but that's ultimately the reputation and, and the goal of the business that we intend on, on uh, getting to.
0: How, right. do, how do you guys acquire uh, customers? What's your strategy?
1: You know, we've been blessed. I mean, just quite frankly, I mean, we got into doing um, food grade chemicals for uh, basically we're taking, you know, vegetable oils into chicken farms to make chickens gain weight. And we did that for multiple years, and and you know just I wouldn't say very regularly, but at times kind of reached out to other companies, and and it's really been a a, a long haul. But to answer your question, most of our customers are word of mouth, okay. and, and now those customers are huge, which is you know amazing. But at the same time, you know we're we're just a, a very small. Um, vendor to to what the total demand for these customers are or want.
0: Okay. So you still see a lot of demand, even though overall, I mean, what I'm seeing, the market's slowing down significantly. You still see demand for for what are you guys doing for tankers?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think when, when people have to eat and when they, um, you know, uh, uh, that that helps the demand and, and because the trailers are specialized and they're so hard to come by, I don't think we get a lot of like what I call that the Amazon phenomenon. Mm-hmm right we're, we're guys that do a lot of drive-in you know, want to come into our space it's it's a little more difficult to do so
0: i wanted to touch a little bit more on what is there if you were gonna go out and buy trailers like what is it something that well, like what's like the oldest you would look lo- like in in some modes it doesn't matter like right? you can buy a drive-in for ten thousand dollars but how does it apply to tankers
1: yeah. I mean, we, we try to stint and refer and drive in and, and you don't see that as much, right. You don't see like the five year or 10 year, like limiting an age for trailers to, to be used at facilities or, or, or trucks for that matter. I mean, I think the demand is high enough that vendors just want to know that the asset is in good working order. I mean, they'll audit us and they'll take a look and, and even the Orthodox union for our kosher certification would do the same, but yeah, there's, there's no age limit. I mean, I mean the trailers are almost like glider kits, if you will. I mean you can yeah. have these old ones, you keep them in good working order and, and the customers don't care.
0: Yeah. Keep keep restoring them, right? And just using it yeah. like, just like airplanes. Yeah. I I always sell some you know, when uh, you mentioned glider kits and you know I'm big on glider kits and they they um everybody's like, Oh yeah, so what's a glider kit? I'm like, Well so you invest in an asset, you buy a truck and just keep rebuilding it just like an airplane. Oh airplanes yeah, well you know, that, that's the analogy I use, you know, like how yeah. liners just buy and they just keep because yeah. it's such an expensive asset. You just don't want to dump it after, you know, three well, years. I mean, and then- yeah, I mean, I mean,
1: look, right. In the name of the game in, in today's market space is just uptime, right? I mean, we have a couple of, you know, 12 month old trucks that we bought. Um, but when there's a warranty issue, that's great. I mean, it means nothing. It matters how fast that that dealer can, you know, turn the truck.
0: Yeah. Exactly. And
1: yeah, and sometimes when it's an older truck, and you're and you're good at fixing your assets, and you can forecast what parts you need, you can, you can keep the asset rolling and and make more money for your business.
0: Yeah. Do you uh, the you your shop?
1: Yeah, we do. So we we've got uh, two full time guys, probably three full time guys um, in the near future. But yeah, that's that's been a huge benefit for us, and and not only keeping our fleet rolling, but the owner operators that work with us as well.
0: I'm going to ask you, what was your hardest lesson so far in business?
1: That's a tough question. Um, you know, I think we can do a lot of things better. Um, so, so, th- so there's a lot of lessons out there. But I'd say that the biggest lesson we learned as a trucking company, and um, I mean the government's not going to like this answer, but um, is to hair follicle. All employees. Like, okay. so when we do those background checks and we hear follicle employees, and of course, there's a clearinghouse aspect of it as well. We, we understand, you know, maybe that there won't be odd surprises. As I mean, there's always surprises, but the odd surprises, right? Like guys coming into work or calling in to work sick or you know, weird speeds or things like that. And so when we started doing that, we started getting really a hold of our safety program and banging the gavel and and not making exceptions. That's, you know, that's when we said, oh, okay, we have a, a good labor pool now uh, to build a, build our business on, which really plays into our, our customer service um, uh, direction and strategy.
0: Yeah. Um, so you're, let me touch on that, Larry, because I think you're saying, so did you, when you started looking into driver pool or hiring people more closely, you've seen what? What was the the? What I'm trying to ask you is because oh, I I have an experience share that I was gonna tell you with with hiring drivers is, have you had issues with uh you know a weed or um like alcohol and drug uses or what, what was, what was happening? I would,
1: I would just say we've had performance issues, you know, like why, why is your tire bald and you didn't do a pre-trip or why are you calling in to work sick now? Or or just, and we started saying, Oh no, 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 We're going to hair follicle. We're going to do good background checks. It kind of took some of that variability of odd behavior out out the door it hasn't I mean we're in trucking it hasn't eliminated 100 but yeah yeah, I I mean I I would say that that was something that you know was we needed to do that plus cameras forward-facing cameras in the trucks have been huge I mean when we first started we weren't doing that I mean we're using keep trucking motive, and we didn't have the forward facing cameras and you know you just see stuff and you didn't understand but man now that it's it's all you know at your fingertips in the office i mean we just have a tighter handle on just driver behavior in general
0: yeah i so- i can share that with you because what i mean you know illinois legalized uh, weed so what i've started seeing an uptick was it's like you it's a lot, that much harder now finding drivers if yeah and it's and the testing is you know uh, if, if it's widely available and you know with alcohol at least you have some indications With weed too right but that and i'm sharing that because w- when that started it was like okay w- well now we we're, we're seeing an uptick in a lot of drivers just um, yeah, yeah. using right and it just that th- shrinks the driver pool right that's why i'm clearing house works all that all that beautiful thing but then you know you sometimes hire a driver that's that has everything perfect everything checks out and then all of a sudden you have this one performance issue and uh, we try to I have a good, um, I don't know if you guys do similar thing, but we, we check, uh, our trucks, uh, on a biweekly basis. So if you don't see something, which we, tr- we have to, we're trying to make sure that we, you know, somebody from the shop is checking on the truck. Right. And that usually gives me an indication because not only I've had a long time ago instances where you could literally smell weed in the truck. I'm like, wait a second, that needs to, like, we need to look into this. And so that was, that was something that I've learned since the, uh, you know, legalization of weed, uh, how that just skyrocketed in, in, in where we, where we are at. Right. So sure. Furtherly shrinking the driver pool, which, um, you know, I don't know if there's a trucker shortage right now, but (laughs) certainly (laughs) if we keep legalizing, well, I'm not, and I'm not against it. Don't get me wrong. This is not about, I'm not advocating uh, for or against what I'm just saying is it's just, throws you uh, a wrench into a, into a wheel right you got to be able to figure out how and it's a rule
1: yeah it's yeah. the rules in which we have to play by right i mean that's yeah. what it is
0: yeah what do you uh, see as far as uh trucking industry what, what what do you think is missing in the trucking industry is there anything that you think trucking industry needs
1: fun
0: i i gotta think about that a little bit um I, and and you think you thinking and i'll because i didn't send you uh, my questions i was going to surprise you with, with them but oh. <laughs> I, yeah you you have some time to think about it because i i like to hear from you know operators and people that are in the yeah. industry like what what is the macro trucking because i have my opinion on it and i think uh our, our my subscribers know it's uh usually around emissions and, and truck reliability right but what is something that you uh, that you would say, trucking trucking industry needs or could be better at some something?
1: You know, I I think you you probably have more more um, I don't know uh, background on this than I do, but I would say like I feel like there's in, in some regards should be visibility on on pricing in some cases. Like I I feel like you know like we as carriers when we work, work with brokers. And, you know, sometimes we'll get a rate and we're like, man, I can't believe we got that rate. I wonder what the broker's, ch- you know, charging or like, or when the economy goes bad and, you know, you see van rates like $1.75 or something like that. And you're like, what? How's this, I, I, you know, and I don't know if that's right or not, but I, I just feel like, you know, this, this industry or this country, you know, there's 3 million drivers here. And, um, you know, now there's this huge like surplus of trucks and assets in, in certain areas. And I, I feel like, yeah, the economy is causing some of that, but I also feel like the market pressures are, are, are playing into that. And you, when you have a brokerage, uh, you know, playing middleman and, and, and taking their cut, you know, I, it, sometimes I feel like that cut, emphasis on the word feel, might be a little more than it should be.
0: Yeah. I would say maybe there's hope in technology Right. And, and um, having having the connection between the carrier and shippers directly, eliminating yeah. maybe I mean, bro- brokerage ser- serves its purpose. Right. I don't want to say, oh, say yeah. anything, but at the same time, you're right. I mean, do you slow down the economy slows down and then it just pushes, you know, companies out of the market. And I guess with the recent volatility, with the with the demand we had to meet and then now it just drops. Uh, like a rock in the in water, right? Like, what do you do? I mean, unfortunately, yeah. that's free market and we have to be able to deal with it. Yeah, but yeah I exactly. I agree with you. I think it's more about visibility as far as how could technology help with, with you know, actually pushing it out to the carriers and people that, that you know, actually hold the stuff, right? But I don't know. We'll see how the technology, like Uber Freights and all the, the, the big guys are, how that's yeah. going to unfold. I don't think it's there yet, you know? yeah tell me uh where can uh what's your uh website where can somebody find you and um yeah, oh yeah all the good stuff
1: appreciate that um sure the, the easiest way to find us is www.wellert tcocom um and you learn about our company what we do and and uh what lanes we like to do
0: awesome well appreciate you brother thank you for uh your time and uh uh, yeah, that's it for today. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon. And see you later. Peace.
1: All right, Sebastian. Peace. You all Take care.